You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Monday edition of the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where we're going to break down one of the biggest weekends in recent history for the University of Utah as the football team defeated the Oregon Ducks 38-7 to behind the efforts of pretty much everybody involved with the University of Utah football program. We'll also break down who we thought deserved player or players of the game. And lastly, we're going to wrap things up talking about a sport that sometimes does exist and definitely exist if you want a tournament. All that on a Monday edition of the Locked on Utes podcast for November 22nd, 2021. Hello, my Utah friends and family, and happy Monday to you. Thank you for tuning in to the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's show is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Wow, what a weekend. And you know if it's my voice that it's probably just me writing solo. Oh, wait! Surprise! Because on the digital screen across from me is the illustrious, the the handsome, the debonair, the dashing, the one, the only, Jake Hatch. Jake, how was your weekend? Uh, pretty good, but my wife would disagree with the whole, like, good-looking part. I've been doing No Shave November. I, I know you can see this on my screen, and let's just put it this way. She's happy there's only a week left of this month. I think it looks utastic, <laughs> like, like everything else with you lately. It just everything is coming up red, and it looks really like this. This new, this new uteness about you, Jake, is just looking just. It just radiates off of you, and and I think you know. I, I think a lot of that is is why Utah had such a tremendous weekend this weekend. Uh, First off, everybody should try and grow a beard at some point in time. Uh, now, now, I understand that not everybody has the capability, sure. but uh, beards are magical. Um, look at Britton Covey. Puts a beard on in his post-game dance. Yeah. And magic happens at the University of Utah on Saturday. Let's get into breaking down the game uh, because it was incredible. Uh, the atmosphere up there, uh, probably the best I've seen. I unfortunately wasn't able to make it. Uh, long story short, don't tear tendons the day before you're supposed to go to places uh, and can't walk. Um, but watching on TV, it was just incredible. And, and talking to people afterwards and, and trading texts back and forth, uh, it seemed like it was one of the biggest nights probably in the history of Rice Eccles. Uh, overall takeaway from what you saw during the game, Jake? Well, okay, let me add this. I wasn't at the game myself. I had other radio responsibilities that did not allow me to get up to Rice Cycle Stadium. But watching that game on TV, it was 52,000-plus fans. RES was as electric as I have heard it ever. It was an absolutely incredible atmosphere. So credit first off to all the Utah fans who are in attendance at that game. Really, really fun to see that raucous environment. But I, my biggest thing, my biggest takeaway is Oregon, they're not good. I, I, at least for one game, they were not good. And Utah, 
This is the class of the Pac-12, speaking of the University of Utah. I have little to no concerns about Utah right now. Obviously, whoever they face down there in Las Vegas, whether it's Oregon State or whether it's Washington State or whether it's a rematch against Oregon, I'm favoring Utah to go to the Rose Bowl regardless of what's going on here. I just think that this Utah team is peaking at the right time, and they sure look like they are headed to Pasadena couple of things as, as we kind of break that down. Uh, Richard Johnson, who I think is becoming one of the more uh, front and center voices in college football, you know, co-hosts the Split Zone Duo podcast uh, on the SEC Network along with uh, one of our favorite uh, college football. I don't know what you call him. Like, uh, not He's not really an analyst. He, like uh, personalities, uh, Spencer yeah. Hall. Personality is the right way to go about it, yeah. Yeah, uh, he wrote a very uh, uh, elaborate article about how Utah's use of the tight ends was going to be the key to their victory over Oregon, and he was spot on. Uh, again, Bud Elliott, who is somebody that I think um, most the common people don't know about, but is, is likely one of the smarter guys when it comes to college football analysis, uh, is the uh, uh, one of the national recruiting analysts for 24-7 Sports. He tweeted out earlier today um, that... If you had to, I'm trying to pull this up on the fly. You should never do that. You should always be prepared. Uh, We're professionals. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, just mention that if you had to, uh, teams which won't make the playoff, but nobody would want to play in a 12-team playoff. Utah, Wisconsin, Clemson, Pitt, Notre Dame, maybe. Since it switched QBs in late September, which teams have been better than Utah down the stretch? Question mark. Georgia, Ohio State, and dot, dot, dot. And I think there's something to that. Uh, Utah won in convincing fashion over Oregon in, in what I would just, like I can only describe as a tidal wave. And it, it seems to be, I, I think my, my, my first thought is that if you thought it was going to go down like this, either you're the smartest human being on the planet and you should probably take over for us, or you're a liar. Okay. Um, because I don't think anybody really saw that kind of drubbing coming in this game. But like you said, Utah was clearly the better team. And that's the thing about this is Utah came out, took a stranglehold on that game, and never let it go. And that that's nice to see from this Utah team. There's been a lot made of the youth on Utah's defensive front and the concern that maybe Oregon uh, could do what Oregon State did and, and come into Rice-Eccles Stadium and just control the ground game, control the tempo of this game. Well, I'll tell you this much. Guys like Junior Tafuna, they sure look like veterans Saturday night as, as they shut down what they were trying to do, speaking of Oregon. And the one thing about Oregon, let me just uh, insert this here, Brian, is that Anthony Brown, he is never going to get Oregon to the promised land. It was very clear all year long that they had a liability at quarterback versus a guy who could go out and win a game. We all know that this is a quarterback-driven sport right now. Oregon needs to find an answer at quarterback. I know Anthony Brown's a senior, and they're going to have uh, they're they have a young hot shot out of Arizona who's expected to take over for him. But this Oregon team, I know they were thrown a bone a little bit by being placed in that college football playoff field by virtue of the fact that they beat Ohio State earlier this season. They are not the same team. It's kind of funny how th things can change. We just saw Dan Mullen get fired after almost beating Alabama in September. By the by mid November, he's out of a job. A lot can change in two months, and Oregon, it's a different team than we saw early this season, and I think it all really kind of rests upon the shoulders of Anthony Brown. He's just not a guy who's going to get you to the promised land, whereas a guy like Cam Rising for Utah, that's a dude you can rely on. He is, and I think, you know, I think we talked a few, a few weeks ago about Bruce Feldman's commentary on the Ryan Rosillo podcast where he said that Utah is, is kind of the... 
like like the revealer of the Pac-12. That yeah. when good teams play Utah, that's the that they're the conference litmus test. And I think that Utah really proved uh, that both the college football playoff ranking and and kind of what we've been seeing from week to week uh, with Oregon had really just covered up a lot of their warts. And if we look at the hierarchy. Uh, of teams in the conference this year, really at this point, the best teams in the conference are Utah, Oregon, and Oregon State. And I don't think it's really um, you know, much of a contest. You can throw Washington State in there if you want as well. I, I think that with the way that Oregon played against Washington State uh, was a little bit more convincing to me. But like, it, it's clear that those three teams are the ones that we're really going to have to work out. And I think the wild part about it is that Oregon is suddenly in desperation mode just to make the cha- conference championship game. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we talk a lot about Oregon right now. What we needed to get back to is, is what Utah did and how they exposed them because it was a silent night for Kayvon Thibodeau or as uh, one of my Twitter followers said, Kayvon, where to go? Um, <laughs> nice. I like that. And, and it was Utah's defense that really did this thing. Like, it wasn't – I mean, you look at the offensive stats, they're fine. 386 yards below season average for Utah. Uh, 178 pass yards, 208 rush yards. They only had uh, about 4.2 yards per rush. Uh, average yards per, per completion was pretty good at 17.8 still. Um, you mentioned Cam Rising. He uh, 10 of 18 for 178 yards and zero touchdowns passing. Only a 56% completion rate. Not not, not really consistent where, where he's been throughout the year um but it's just like this utah defense was just ferocious and they just shut them down they were 6 of 14 on third down utah was 11 of 14 that was a part of it utah had 68 plays the oregon's 58 that was a big part of it um and then utah just got after the quarterback and I think it's something to be said for this Utah defense that they've taken it personally how how they haven't been you know performing up to standard and despite the fact that they've lost a ton of guys throughout the season we're seeing dudes step up and you know I, I don't know that anybody uh, is is you know overlooking Cole Bishop now right uh, they shouldn't be he 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 looks great. And that's the nice part is this youth on defense. Kyle Whittingham has talked a lot about they needed these young guys to grow up. They're almost a season in, Brian. They've played 11 games now, and you were finally seeing them, I think, okay, I'm getting this. I think the game has slowed down for guys like Cole Bishop, Junior Tafuna. I could go down the list of guys. The nice part is, is you're seeing them start to realize, okay, I can hang. I can do this. They're, they're settling in, and that's a very, very positive development for the Utah football program. It is, and I think uh, there's a lot of excitement surrounding the team right now. It's important to note that they still have uh, a game left on the schedule before they go down to the championship oh, game, and you need to yeah, man. Go away, Colorado. Get out of here. <laughs> hey, it's a rivalry game, Jake, and you can never count anyone <laughs> in a rivalry game. Nice. Well played. Well played, sir. And I think we're going to break break down more of this game and probably talk a little bit about kind of our, our players of the game and MVPs and whatnot around the corner. Um, but here's the thing, Jake. If you had Britton Covey on your prize picks daily fantasy team, you're probably a really happy camper today. Well, and I'm sure there's an odds. There's probably odds on there of him uh, notching a punt return touchdown. Well, Oregon was a buffoon. Oregon's head coach, speaking of Mario Cristobal, to decide, hey, we're going to see if we can do with 28 seconds here. And uh, what are you doing? That was just buffoonery, I felt like, on Oregon's part. But credit to uh, Utah and credit to Britton Covey on that. And you're right. 
if you had that on prize picks, you probably made a healthy return on that investment. You did, and that's the best part about prize picks. There's, there's a lot of great parts, but the part is is that you can do any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world, and they have the star players of the Power Five, like our Britton Covey, like our Tavion Thomas, or you can go through the G5 or mid-major players that you might not have even heard of. Um, I'm a big fan of Western Kentucky's quarterback, and, and his name is escaping me Bailey right now. Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi, that's right. Zappi, uh, throwing the ball all day. He's a touchdown machine. And you can go ahead and select him. You can get select Britton Covey. You can select whoever you want. It's super simple to pick the th- two to five players and the over-under on their projections. You can win up to ten times on any entry. It's just you versus those numbers. You don't have to worry about playing against Jake and I and our just encyclopedial knowledge of college football. But yes. the best part is, is that if you deposit a hundred dollars today, you will receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match, just by using the promo code Locked On. Again, up to a hundred dollars, a one hundred percent instant deposit match. Go ahead and download the award-winning app either through the Apple App Store or Google Play. Entries can be made in sixty seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast, fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com and use promo code Locked On, or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Circling back the wagons here as Utah has dominated the Oregon Trail today. I want to thank you all for making Locked On Use hey, your first listen every day. We, did, we didn't die of dysentery, so we're, we're doing good over here. No, no. We're, we're at the end, Jake. Like, we're, I don't know. I don't even remember what you got at the end, but uh, Utah went duck cutting on the Oregon Trail, and it was a very successful haul. Yes, we have lots was. of meat. Yep. Yes, it was. No doubt about that. I want to thank you all for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms to talk to you about the University of Utah and how they pretty much rule the world right now uh, in in terms of college football. Um, that's obviously an exaggeration. I, I do think it'll be interesting to see what happens on Tuesday in terms of the rankings, how far Oregon falls, how high Utah goes up. I think this is a very different team, but I think more than anything, Utah is going to be – Oddly enough, they're going to be the banner carrier for expand the playoff now again, right? Just like they were when they busted the BCS and just like they were in 2008 when when they went undefeated and, and tried to make a claim to a national championship. I don't even remember which one it is that they won. Some like, hey, whatever. hang the banner. Doesn't matter. <laughs> hang the banners. Um, but before we get too far ahead on that, I want to talk about some of the guys that stood out to you in this game. Uh, Jake, who was it? You know, offense, defense, whatever. What were some of your standouts? Well, okay. Tavion Thomas, and actually, I, I did not put this together. I saw somebody else put it together. I don't remember who it was. So, if you're listening to this podcast and you tweeted this out, I give you full credit. And I apologize. I don't remember who put this out there. And we're professionals, as we said on this podcast. But if you look at the usage rate and in terms of the number of carries that Tavion Thomas has had this season versus the amount of touchdowns he has scored, and he actually sent the single-season program record for touchdowns in a season in this game with another hat trick against the University of Oregon. He has done it, and Tyler Algier, obviously, from BYU is on that list. Uh, uh, Kenneth Walker, the third out there at uh, Michigan State, is also on this list. But in terms of the amount of touchdowns to uh, carries in, on the season – the usage rate is absolutely incredible 
for Tavion Thomas. And yet again, he looks every bit the part of a guy who is just one of those dudes that you can rely on game in and game out. And I got to give full credit to the Utah coaching staff. They knew what kind of talent this young man was, and they withstood all of the early struggles of him holding onto the ball and said, you know what? This kid has got otherworldly talent. We need to just stick with him. And they're reaping the benefits of it. Too easily, I felt like in past eras of Kyle Whittingham's coaching tenure, they would have given up on him. They, they felt like they, they probably would have said, we can't rely on him to take care of the ball, so he's done, bench him, he, he's not playing for us. And it, it's incredible to see what he has done this season. It really is. And, and like you mentioned, you know, it's the touchdowns, I think, that, that have become uh, his forte in the red zone there. He's almost mm-hmm. unstoppable. And one thing that I love about watching him run is is for a while there, and, and it kind of slowed down a little bit in the second half, but for a while there, it seemed like every single time he got tackled, he would throw a fit as he got up, like, it, like he was just furious that somebody had tried to tackle him. Yeah. And he's a punishing downhill runner. I think we all saw this uh, potential. You know, they run that kind of uh, zone uh, – duo, whatever it is that you want to call it, um, you know, and, and me being from the offensive line, I still couldn't tell you sometimes which one is which other than just, you know, on on, on duo, you're, you're getting a more uh, defined double team, whereas zone is a little bit more of a combo block, mm-hmm. but they're just opening these holes for him and he just gets going downhill and he's so hard to bring down. But like this offensive line was just moving people left and right and absolutely dominant. I think that was a big part of it. Uh, you know, I think Thomas reaps the benefit of their ability to open the holes and you can see his talent shining through. I think it's why, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. I don't know that he's good enough to be a one and done right now, but he's fourth in the country in, in TDs rushing right now. And it's just, I mean, that's insane. He's only played in 10 games. He'll get a chance to play in two, three more for sure. It, so it's it's a fascinating scenario for him to see what happens with that. Uh, you know, his, his average per rush is, is right up there with some of the top in the country um, in terms of running backs. So... I thought he played uh, excellent. Uh, my, I don't, I mean, it's not going to be one, um, and I'm sure that everybody's thinking that I'm going to talk about the offensive line right now. I am, but the offensive line light and the tight ends. Okay, uh, yeah. I think that Dalton Kincaid, uh, Cole Fotheringham, who we never talk about nearly enough, uh, and and Brant Keithy were just absolutely phenomenal with the way that they handled Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, I, I'd had some conversations early in the week that the staff was very confident in their game plan. They had an idea of where he was going to be and what they could do, and you could see it. Every time he was in the boundary and he tried to line up wide, Utah would flop that double set of tight ends, and it wasn't a problem. I think Utah did a phenomenal job of, of mitigating Thibodeau, and, and Brant Keithy maximized just about every single opportunity he had in the throw game uh, with receiving, and it was just it's the kind of performance where you look at it and and you don't really have stats to throw out there, but just at every point in turn, they were dominating. Well, and that's the thing about that is Brant Keithy, he is known for his pass catching ability, but they were very, very good at uh, bumping, chipping Kayvon Thibodeau. And what, what, what did your Twitter say? Twitter followers say he said it was, Kayvon, where to go? Is that what it was? Kayvon, where to go? Where to go? <laughs> That's pretty good because where to go? For for a guy who is considered to be the favorite to be the top overall pick in next year's NFL draft, he was silent as a dormouse in that game, and 
that's a credit, as you as you said, to the coaching staff for putting together a good game plan, but the tight ends in particular. They needed to make sure that they helped out because when you put Kayvon Thibodeau one-on-one against almost anybody, he's going to win. But when you chip him, you, you you stun against him. As you said, you kind of flop those double tight ends to, that, to his side just to make sure that uh, he does not get a free release. It's pretty marvelous. And the best part is Brant Keithy, what a weapon he was in that game. Finding himself open and just absolutely carving and filleting Oregon alive. He was, and I think he brought something to the table that we haven't seen in a while from Utah, and that was some serious yak um, yards after catch. And I know that's uh, that's one of those statistics that everybody kind of looks at in, in points. I think another thing to point out was that the special teams was much improved. The punting game was still was not uh, you know elite by any stretch. You had uh, Cameron Peasley kick one for thirty three, and and Williams kick one for thirty six, but I, it didn't get blocked. And boy, were they good on field goals! I think those the first block was massive. Again, yes. Cole Bishop, who uh, you know trying to take, we might have to give him number zero next year if he's going to keep playing like this because he's on track uh, to be that kind of a player where he's here, he's there, he's everywhere. Uh, also, I think it's worth shouting out Devin Lloyd. Um, mm-hmm. Six total tackles, four solo, one TFL, and uh, one of the biggest hits on Travis Dye that I've seen all year. He was a massive difference maker. And I think if you were watching this game and people told you that it was either Kayvon or Devin Lloyd, most people who would walk, who'd not seen either of them play, would walk away thinking that Devin Lloyd is the better player. Well, and that's the thing about this is I think, in a way, Utah fans. They've gotten away from realizing just how incredibly consistent the greatness of Devin Lloyd is because he made what I felt like. I'm with you. If you were to look at those two players, you kind of just like, okay, which one's the better player? You probably think Devin Lloyd is. But the funny thing about that is I think what he has done game in and game out has been as good, if not better than that, in every game this year. There's a reason why I firmly believe he should be the top linebacker in the NFL draft. He should, and and I think it's it's telling that both Mel Kiper and and Todd McShay have him in that top fifteen in terms of prospects. I think he showcased it last night. Just his ability to make plays at critical moments and and really be a standout player, I think, is something that's really. Uh, important to this defense because it is a young defense and he has a knack for making those big plays in the moment where they need him. I thought that Mika Tefua must have heard my episode on Friday where I said he's not an NFL guy. I apologize, Mika. I didn't mean that in terms of like I didn't think it, but you went and uh, proved me wrong. You know, uh, shout out to you. Shout out to Nick Ford, who uh, uh-huh. uh, I think is um, probably preparing some nice tasty duck soup this week uh, in addition to whatever Thanksgiving feast he's, he's putting together. Uh, that offensive line was just dominant. This was, this was a crazy game. I can't remember – uh, this kind of performance and in, in those uniforms, uh, it, it's going to be one that goes down as one of the all-timers. Yeah, and that's the thing about that is this has got a lot of talent for this Utah team, but the good part is there's a lot of young talent. You mentioned Cole Bishop. I think, yeah, number zero is probably a good number for him next year to wear because he looks like he's going to be the next impact defender for a team like a Utah. And I think he's going to grow himself into playing linebacker, Brian. I just think he's got that type of a frame, that type of ability. And we all know that Devin Lloyd, he made the move from safety to linebacker. Why not? Why can't Cole Bishop be the next, I guess, standout to move up from the safety position and become the next star linebacker for Utah? 
wherever he's at, I, I will be happy to have him on the field. I made the mistake of trying to pencil in Chase Hansen as a perma safety, and I, I swore I would never do it again. Um, but Cole Bishop is emerging, becoming a star. He has come a long way from blowing his coverage on the very first uh, drive against Arizona State, and, and he's now not just a stalwart but a playmaker. Uh, and everybody who's talking about he and Richie becoming the uh, Utah version of the Bash Bros, you better hope that uh, Cole can stick around for another year or so and, and that Nate can get home quick uh, because we might not see a ton of them together if that's the case. Um this was a big weekend for Utah on the field, off the field. They had a massive number of recruits there. Mm-hmm. A ton of guys came back into town. It was Kyle Whittingham eclipsing. There's so much to break down from this game. And I was talking to a friend. I said I could talk about this one for hours, and I'm sure that we'll continue to break it down all week here on the uh, Locked on Utes podcast. But we do need to talk about something else on the other side because there was another sport that was competing this weekend as well. It's one that some people might say – doesn't exist unless your team is five and zero. At which point it does. It absolutely does exist. Let's talk about it. But first, Jake, it's been a busy show. It's different because I'm running things. I'm I'm sitting here in the captain's chair. Uh, people haven't noticed, but we've been banging into stuff left and right in the docks. I'm tired. You're tired. We need to refuel. You know how we're gonna refuel. We're doing it with our friends at Built Bar, right? There's no other way that we're going to do it. we got to get that protein in us. If you haven't tried a Built Bar right now, you're the one who's missing out. Jake, what's your favorite flavor? Uh, so I'm an OG. The The Cherry Barcia is still my number one, but I've got to say, and you missed out on this, by the way, because if I'm not mistaken, it, it went away last week. The Coconut Brownie Chunk, if you did not take advantage of that flavor, it is absolutely incredible. It only comes around every so often. The best part is... Despite those two flavors being my favorites, there are a good 10-plus other flavors out there that are all great. There are. There's a. If you go to the website right now, there are a couple different of the Puffs flavors. I've been really into that one. The Paranormal Pumpkin, surprisingly tasty. I didn't think that a pumpkin spice protein bar would be good. I should have never doubted Built Bar because it's delicious. They have all sorts of new flavors all the time. Vanilla Cream available. The Mystery Flavor. I've tried that one. I have no idea what it is, but it tastes very uh, mystery, mysterious. Um, but the bottom line is that you're not going to find a better tasting protein bar than this one with all the nutritional benefit that it has like we said up to 17 grams of protein uh less than five grams of sugar for most bars under 140 calories uh the best part though is not so much that it's good that it tastes good but it's you can get 15 percent off with the promo code locked 15 if you go to built.com again it is i i have not searched the internet high and low jake but i'm almost positive it is the best promo code out there that you can find yeah i've seen a lot of ones that can get you 10 percent off locked on has been i i would call them one of the original sponsors of built bar there's a reason why they still let us give you 15 percent off using that promo code locked 15 so take advantage of it now and make sure you keep an eye on the website they have new flavors all the time i think there's a new one coming that if you like caramely stuff Mm -hmm. and if that's your jam you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that one. So go to built.com, use that promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order at built.com. Closing off another episode of the Locked on Youth podcast here on a Monday with my good friend, Jake Hatch. And we've talked a lot about Utah football, but it's time to talk about another sport that just recently came into existence because they got trophies, <laughs> and they're hanging banners. 
So uh, they have to have trophies before we really acknowledge them. Is that is that what we're, is, that, is that the benchmark now? I I can't I can neither confirm nor de- deny the specific rules uh, behind the does your basketball team exist. Uh, I've only been told that it's if it's good or not. And I think if you win a trophy, to me that means that they're good. Hey, trophies are good. There's no doubt about that. And congratulations to Craig Smith and the running Utes. They're five and zero, Brian. Like, this is a really, really good start to Craig Smith's tenure as a head coach. This dude just knows how to flat-out win as a coach. That, that's the good news here. And if you're a Utah fan, you should, I would say, be uh, is cautiously optimistic the wrong term here, especially considering the start they've had. I think their first real test was going to be Boston College, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't think that you know this was going to be a tournament where you'd learn a whole ton about this team other than can they catch some lightning in a bottle and a little positive momentum. And this is the thing about Craig Smith. He is a massive breath of fresh air by comparison to Larry Kriskoviak. And just in terms of energy, in terms of you know how much enthusiasm. And, and you know, I think uh, – they are very different stylistically, right? Yeah. Like Larry is very hard nosed. He holds kids accountable. Uh, Craig is much more in terms of like I'm going to push you to be accountable, and and I'm going to do it in a you know a very positive, energetic fashion. Uh, if you've ever had to produce one of his coaches shows, you know it's just basically pointless to try and keep that guy within a time clock um, because he is just going to do whatever he wants to do and 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 go out and and get the job done the way that he wants to do it. And I think this team is responsible responding positively to that having said that i think they've got a big one coming up on saturday which we'll talk about a little bit more i don't want to over overlook what they did though they went out and they won a tournament and they did it on the back of who i think is is, is emerging as their best player in brandon carlson oh, and that's the thing about brandon carlson is he is finally he's finally becoming the guy that i think we all thought he could be for for utah and that is just being consistent it seemed like and Brian, you know Utah hoops is something I have enjoyed watching for the better part of my life. I'm a child of the 90s watching Rick Majerus teams. The big men in the Rick Majerus era, they were consistently great night in and night out. And it feels like Brandon Carlson is a little bit of a throwback to some of those type of big men. But the, the problem previous to this season, at least through five games, is it wasn't a consistent night in and night out thing for Brandon Carlson. It's now a night in and night out thing for him. And that is actually a very, very good sign for this squad because we all know that Craig Smith, if you watched him up at the University, uh, not University of Utah, if you watched him at Utah State University, what he did with Nimi Ishketa, he had a big man who was consistent night in and night out, and look how far they were able to go with a guy like that. Brandon Carlson sure appears to be the guy that can help carry this Utah team pretty far. He can, and I think the uh, the interesting part about this game, and, and good, congratulations to you if you were able to find it because it was only streamed on Flow Hoops. Yeah. Uh, I, I assume that's some sort of like Florida-type um, uh, cable uh, streaming it's thing, a streaming service you know? to pay an exorbitant amount of money to watch a team play which is a complete joke that's just me. yeah exactly and I think the interesting part about it is this team was able to do it uh, with Marco Anthony going down he's been kind of billed as like the big time glue guy and a lot of versatility with that they actually kind of went on after he went down and 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 lengthened the lead to it, and also uh, Relly Wooster going out, uh, fouling out of this game. Uh, when we talk about Carlton, the big part that stands out to me: fifteen rebound or fifteen points, thirteen rebounds, uh, had a block as well. That's really massive stuff for him. Um, 
to just have to be able to stay on the floor consistently and be an impact guy for this team. Uh, I think the rest of the team is still rounding out a little bit more, uh, just trying to find their way. Um, but this is a positive start for sure. And I don't know that there were a ton of people that were expecting this team, you know, to be five and zero at this point. No, I, I think I, I okay. Five and zero, yeah, it might be a little bit much in terms of what you're projected for this team, but there's nothing that screams that there's no reason why they shouldn't be five and zero after watching these five games. I know that sounds like a weird term, but what you've seen from this Utah team is the ability to win in different ways, and that's that's a good sign. And I, I'm a big fan of Craig Smith. You, you mentioned the fact that he's got just kind of this boundless energy. And it's just who he is as a coach. He's got some swagger to him too. He, he he knows what he's doing out there on the court, and he he has he has his teams. And I, I've I, I've really watched him up close with Utah State, and then now watching with Utah, his teams are bought into what he's doing, and that's a translation of just him as a coach. He believes in his system. He believes in what he does as a coach, and it translates onto the court with his teams. Yeah, G A T A. If you haven't heard uh, about the belt that they're touting around, that if you get after those bleeps. Uh, you get to, t- to hold the belt for the day. Mm-hmm. He is, you know, Craig Smith comes from from the Midwest, and he has a very kind of folksy, um, gravelly voice. But d- but don't underestimate his ability and, and the ability of this staff to really have an edge to them and, and to push guys. You know, he is a master motivator. I, I think he plays the mental side of coaching better than than a lot of coaches that I've seen, and I think it's a a very very stark contrast to the previous uh, previous team, which was a little bit more uh, previous regime, which was just really old school in that res- re- regards. In that respect, I think you're seeing it. You know, Bukoc, eleven points, uh, four for eight from the field, uh, three rebounds, two assists. Uh, you know, just a very good contribution off the bed. Uh, Got to shout out my guy Lazar uh, coming out and and shooting the lights out. Finally, he's been struggling a little bit, but twelve points, five of nine from the field, two of four from three point line uh good to see him kind of catching uh some momentum and and we'll see what happens with this team but uh i don't think at this point in time other than ucla and arizona uh there's any guarantees really in the pac-12 well i mean the pac-12 south doesn't technically exist but uh you know there's not a ton of like guaranteeds uh right now in in the pac-12 oregon got trounced by byu so Mm -hmm. curious to see what happens with them but if Utah can continue to go this way and, and just play hard and compete, uh, you don't have to win every game, uh, but continue to play hard and compete, then, then really there, there's a lot of potential uh, for this team to do some things that nobody expected. So I host the Saturday show, and this is my last point, Brian, and then we'll wrap things up here. I host the Saturday show for the Zone Sports Network, and I had Ken Pomeroy on with me Saturday, this past Saturday, to talk about and about college hoops locally, and we talked about Utah. And he um, kind of made the point that he actually expects the, the Pac-12 to be a lot better this year, and obviously the headliner for that is UCLA, the number two team in the country. But he actually is very, very bullish on the early returns from the University of Utah. And anybody who knows who Ken Pomeroy is, is KenPalm.com. It's advanced analytics. And he says, based on the numbers he's seen so far, if you're a Utah fan, there should be some optimism for this squad because they're off to a very good start, both with the eyeball test, which is more of what I go off of, and according to his advanced analytics, his advanced metrics that he tracks on a game-to-game basis, things are looking up for the running Utes. Yeah, they're doing it with defense, and they're doing it with rebounding. They're doing it with two ways that you can absolutely win in college basketball. And so we'll keep 
on track with this one as, as they prepare to play BYU on Saturday. We'll have all the breakdowns, recaps, and everything like that here for you on the Locked On Utes podcast. We will be continuing to podcast together all throughout the week as we never take days off, not even Thanksgiving. Uh, with a game on Friday, we'll try to make sure that you're prepared with your pregame scouting report, whatever it is that you need. Uh, we'll be sure to work in Sammy and, and Cole as, as things go along throughout the week. And obviously Jake will join me uh, as as applicable or as, as possible, really. Um, we always love having you on here, man, but we get it. Like the Pulling double duty with two podcasts and two radio shows and uh, two kids. And I don't think you have two wives, just one, right? <laughs> We got a second one. I completely forgot about it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> She's not happy, so you don't want to talk to her anyways if that's the case. Uh, but always appreciate having you on here. want to remind you all that Locked On Bets is your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. That's where you need to go. Uh, betonline.ag, where you go after that. I am going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for following us. You can catch Jake at Jacob C. Hatch. Catch me at Brown Bear SLC. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Utes. That's pretty much where we do most of our interaction. Or you can always email us, LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for November 22nd, 2022. We'll talk to you again manana.